What's happening, weirdo? Ooh, didgeridoo? Didgeridoo. Also, do you remember If you're going to play in my Australian rock group, there's some didgeridoos and some didgeridones we're going to have to go. Oh boy! Of what? What? <laughs> I just said it because it was it was the voice I was using. Um, I shouldn't have said I'm gonna come. It really was just a like a little bit of a shock. Okay, good. I feel weird about it, but that's the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we, as promised, we are making it weird. Um, this is this Friday. Is not what the show is like. If, no, the, it's if a good you show. are, if this is the first time you're listening to this, this is not what we mean by we make it weird. No, where we just are make ourselves uncomfortable over and over, <laughs> and are just like weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just diarrheaed out my face. Um, welcome. This is Thursday, yes. late afternoon. We get our babysitter and Val and I sneak away for the first time all week mm-hmm. to be alone mm-hmm. in the car. Mm-hmm. And we've been recording it. It's called We Made It Weird. We look forward to it every week. I love being with you. Thank you for doing it. We already rec- we just recorded it. Yeah, it was so fun. This was a, like a little bit of a sillier one. We were due for a silly one. We were due for a sillier. I mean, we we get deep later, but like it, it's silly for a while. Yeah, it's silly, silly. Yeah, I'd say it's silly, 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 deep, 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 silly, 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 deep, 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 silly. Yeah. So as we always say, please get a Pete's pick. There's no ads on this episode, but go to livinglibations.com slash weird. Get yourself a little something. Support mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Go to onit.com slash weird. Get a little something, support the show, meandies.com slash weird, kachava.com slash weird, charlottesweb.com slash weird, promo code keep it crispy, and support the show. That's support it. Support the show. That's, that's how you support us. That's all. That's how you support. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, what? I was just going to say, I'm getting whiffs of you. <laughs> wow. We have been in a car for quite a while. I don't mind it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you. All right. You, you going to say it? Get. Oh, I smell me too. <laughs> get into it. Well, like get out of this shirt. <laughs> get out of it, as in the car with this man, the stinky man. <laughs> get into it, weirdos. We love you. (laughs) Yes, we do. We love you. Yes, we do. Oh, I was going to do that on Instagram. Picture a white celebrity beatboxing. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like oh I can't be God. sure, but that like if him. it's if it's him, yeah. What a delight for you, the the viewer. Yeah, were you picturing just Gordon Levitt? Levitt. 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 Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph. Love it or love it. I hope he has a podcast called that. <laughs> he's oddly inspirational. Like oh his, yeah, he's like, a huge like. When I say following, what I really mean is, like, congregation. Uh, oh, really? He has a huge congregation. Huh. 
Well, it's hit record. It's that whole thing. Oh, I've been saying hit record. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm JK. I didn't expect him. You know, we really, you and I are big fans of the movie The Night the night Before. before. That's right. Yeah. Which I Tracy Morgan doing his voiceover. That's really good. Was it? Yeah. And the friends were going out, and they went to a Christmas cheer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tracy, Tracy, don't don't improvise. I <laughs> uh, just read the script, pal. I got it. And they had Christmas. Yeah, it's getting worse. <laughs> and not a great. Vo- it sounds like you're making fun of him, even if you're just doing his your best, voice. because he, he's like a lot of great comedy people has a voice. Like Bobcat Goldthwait when he did this podcast, I was so. It's one of those things that just stuck with me. He was like, people used to get really big laughs doing an impression of me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but it's a funny voice. Yeah. He's like, I can't really do it. I mean, he was doing an impression of somebody. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. He's putting on a voice, and then you're like, what if I was, this is Bobcat Goldweight at the gym. And it's like, no, that's his thing. I've got a, a, a question about Bobcat. Let's call him. Goldweight. Uh... So He's I, worth his weight in gold. <laughs> okay. Um, tree, tree, tree. I, like, I knew him from at, when he does stand-up now, which is not with an accent. He just... Yeah, uh, no, you have director Goldthwait. Yeah, director Goldthwait. And... Well, it's, still, it's still sort of him, man. Like, hey, it's good to be here as a director. I, you know, work with Robin. I To me, it's so not that voice... That when I when you told me that he used to do a voice and I looked back or saw a video of that, I was like, what? It's so... It was like, yeah. It was so... To like go from hearing his regular voice to that fake voice, it was so jarring. And my question is... All voices are fake, Valerie. Tree, tree, tree. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. My question is, did he just decide... <laughs> to not do that like when did he decide to not do that and did he phase it out <laughs> yeah I, well I think he it just it just got played out and then he phased it out or he just like I guess I want to know like the first time he went on stage and decided he wasn't going to do it if people were like hey of course he addressed it of course. Sorry, I was trying to find that Tree 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 song so we could play the real one. I know. It's a song from Mr. Rogers. It's unplayable because it's Jam- Jambali Africa. So you go, Alexa, play Jambali Africa. And it's like, I'm sorry, my name's really Becky, and I don't know world music. <laughs> Did you mean Billie Eilish? Look what you made me do. It's her. Look what you made Is that she's, the one? She's singing it. Super, super also, evolved, advanced Alexa. Also, Look that, what you made me do. Also, that one? Becky, that is Taylor Swift. Becky with the good hair? No. I'm sorry, are we talking lemonade? I'm moving the car. Yeah. This is um, because the person that was in our shade that we immediately hated. We were so, we were going, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. you. There's one shady spot in this park and ride, I think, is what it is. I, I aren't park and rides on the freeway? Well, I like well, on a freeway. Maybe they With are. all these tolls. But this is a kind of a busy road. <laughs> now we're in cars getting coffee. We say that every time. So um, it's important to know, though, that look what made you look what you made me do is Taylor Swift. Oh, really? Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, 
shit. I just. I'm a bad guy. Yeah, but let's be honest. T Swift was like, "This is what you're into," and then she was like, "Look what you yeah, made me do." She's a boss bitch, and she knows how to do business. Oh yeah, I didn't even mean it as a no, slam. I know. And Billy Eilish arguably went, "Hey, people love Lord. I could do that." <laughs> arguably, I love all three of them so much. I don't care if they rip each other off. Well, this is we made it weird. Sure is. And that's Sweet Lady Val. Sure is. Sure am. And how are you? How are you, my love? Oh, I'm good today. Oh, just like took a sigh. It's nice. We just left our baby. <laughs> yep. Um, and so it's like settling into not parent mode. I know. I always get pretty silly around this 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 time of day on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Got real silly. That's and why I was saying tree, tree, tree so much. I feel like last week's episode was so good, but it was so heavy and indicative of like the space that I was in. And this oh yeah, week has we been, want to be light. I have an idea. This week has been so fun. It's like the flowers that grow after the rain. This, okay, this is this Putting is in the toilet. This, this <laughs> is a this is a fun one we play. It's called How Many Monthly Listeners. Oh yes, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Valerie. Okay, just give me a frame of reference first, because I always... Okay, like, give me a band that you think is similar to Kid Rock. Okay, so it's going to be Kid Rock? <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock is going to be your challenge. Okay. But I want... What's um, a... This, this is even... The Matchbox 20 has got to be similar. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I just got so excited. That's another fun game. <laughs> Who's similar? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Like it's it's called self Pandora. It's like if you, okay, I love Kid Rock. Who do you recommend me to? Yeah, I think he. And then here's another layer. Who would Kid Rock want to think that you would recommend? It's Leonard like Skinner and DMX. Like he's yeah. like, like I'm not even in the record store. Like I'm a merging of sections. It's like yeah. all right. Childstone. I call him Childstone. Childstone. Okay, MB, MB twenty. Which their uh, number one hit, Push. Push. I want to push you around. Yes, and I will. I believe it's. And I will. <laughs> okay, they have 4.3 million monthly listeners. Wow. This is when you're like, dude, like, haters gonna hate. MB20 is taking their 4.3 million monthly listeners to the bank all the way to the matchbox 20 million dollar bank and now you that's so it's 4.3 kid rock yes has how many and while you think <laughs> i'll put on his number one. Oh my god his number one song which i've never heard of it's called all summer long i you only get five seconds I hope that it's... Oh, my God. Leonard Skinner. That's a, such a serendipitous. Whoa. He sampled Leonard Skinner. Yeah. And the name of my column in high school, uh, college, was Pete Holmes, Alabama, because we used to sing, Pete Holmes, Alabama. Oh, and by we, I mean me. Yeah. I'm going to okay. say... Okay. I, I feel like if anybody's going to come after us, it might be Kid Rock. I for playing music. hope... Thank you, kid. He doesn't have more than... <laughs> 
One point <laughs> I'm still having. A, I'm still having like a please be cool. You're apologizing while I'm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very Noah Baumbach. Two simultaneous convos. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say 1.6, and I really hope for the sake of this country that there's not more. <laughs> wow, quite a slam to Kid Rock on this one. I mean, quite maybe, a slam. Maybe I have. I don't have. I'm not talking. Is about he personally. like Shane Torres? It, it's. I believe it's Shane Torres. Is he the the Guy Fieri of music? Like, do we just not like him because we're not supposed to like him? For me, it's not <laughs> even about him necessarily. It's like, I just would have to imagine that in the Venn diagram of Kid Rock listeners and Trump supporters, it's just a circle. <laughs> oh my God. That's the second hit. It's just a circle. <laughs> Um, well, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, no, I'm not here to defend. You're gonna make me child all rock. this out, aren't you? <laughs> no way. Okay. Val, he's got five point three. He has more. Five point three mil. Oh. Five point no. three mil. So listen, I'm glad we have you guys here. Um, this is why you need to vote. <laughs> <laughs> just- look to tease the Dems just a little to tease my own. If we have a problem, it's we're a little too Matchbox 20. <laughs> like, when we're aggressive, we're like, I'm gonna push, push you, you around. around. But you're not doing yes, it. I you're will. just like, yes, I will. Because even in the song, the person we're threatening is like, no. And then Kid Rock is got that a stronger energy that's like, bang, 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 biggie, biggie. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's blasting. Nobody in the military is just like, you guys ready to get get into our gear? What is this? This is Matchbox 20. Yeah, I'm going to push you around. Uh, Woo! Let's go, Marines! I know. Yes. This I, makes my vagina wet. I'm... I, I'm into it. I oh, what about Train? Remember when they did a whole thing with Valerie Santana? Train. I, oh yeah, yeah. That What was that song? That's a great one. Santana is going to be mine. So you're going to you're going to Okay. Know. And then I feel like we should do what was the one I just said? That um, is a funny bit. Like it only exists in this podcast that like what's wrong with the liberal party? Yeah. Cuz even though I am a democratic liberal, I know like when people are making fun of us, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I get that. I love also the I wish there could be more of that. I wish there could be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, sure, yeah. From everybody. I know. Like a roast. Like when you roast. Ooh, yeah. You, you just turn push back off. I think that maybe used to be, or... Did you just turn push off? No. Oh, okay. Um, I, Never turn push off. <laughs> I think that there maybe used to be when it was not as... The stakes weren't so high. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's like when you get uh, you are like affecting people's safety. Absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah, I, you're absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm sorry. I really want to hit pause there and say you're absolutely right. And I know this is like a hot thing to say, but I am going to check my privilege. And I'm like, I miss when we could be like Republicans. You're like this, and they'd be like, you're like that. And it's like, yeah, people are dying. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 beyond. The cute, if there, I, but that's the other thing. Was it ever that way that's in right. the 80s when I was growing up? It was like Ronald Reagan, who he's senile and he's pretending. And it's like, 
the AIDS crisis, the economic crisis, the homeless crisis. And like the it was same insane. Amount, if not more racism. That's right. And oh violence. my God. Yes. Like, like that is, you're so smart to say that is exactly it. It's privilege to be like, make America great again is it's, privilege. It's saying make white people have yeah, sure. unchallenged power again. <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're, we're playing a silly game, but we sneak it in, don't we? We sneak That's it in. Right. That's okay. what it is. You I snuck am, it in. I'm you snuck so it in. I'm so excited you for Santana. Okay. Santana, I'm going big. 7.1. 7.9. Deal with it. How does he have more than Matchbox 20? Because the, you're right. The biggest Matchbox hit 20 hit is a Rob Thomas hit, which is actually a Santana hit, and that is the password to get into my poker game. Oh, this isn't charged anymore. Then I mean, you just got to wiggle it. Guide, guide me in. This is guide so me embarrassing. In. This never happens. You can just play it off that speaker, too. Although it is sort of fun. It leans into our carnage. Car, I mean, it's, yeah. It makes me feel like morning radio. Like, I'm sort of coming alive because of it. I love it. This is like, this would be a helpful song to think when I'm trying to vary my, my boning rhythms. I feel like it's too loud, my love. I know. I can't turn it. I can't. It's, your buttons are hard to push. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Like, I always used to think. This is so funny. Just turn it around. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Oh shit! Isn't it fun to think that tens of thousands of people will have this song in their head? Yes, because, because that's, of us. that's No, not because of us, because of <laughs> uh, all of us. Yeah. The show. Oh, I didn't mean I to correct see. you. I'm just like, we're ma- I don't want them to think we're manipulating them. But I'm like, I've always said this. Like, You watch Die Hard when it's on TV because mm-hmm. lots and lots of people are watching it. So if you listen to this the day it comes out, isn't it sort of funny to think that you're in a pretty big pool of people that might be at the grocery store just like, and it's a hot one. You know what I mean? That's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good one. Okay. Also, um, what is it? 16 inches from the midday sun? I'm always like, the sun doesn't know it's midday. If you're less than a foot from the sun, you're hot. <laughs> he says like seven inches from the midday sun? Yeah, it's like at, the, at that point, you're just close to the sun. The midday sun is hot because... What? This is know. so interesting. What was your voice just doing there that let me know as another? No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> mad. But everyone listening, me especially, knew that you were no longer engaged. You weren't locked on, and you weren't using the majority of your faculty to communicate with me. Like you were divided. So what were you doing? And can you do it when you're not actually looking at a phone? Because you were looking for another artist, and and it just like it was so. Vagina drying. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my vagina. No, no, no. I, I don't mean it like that, my love. I'm just saying it's part of life that when someone... So here's the scene. We're at dinner. My name's Brad. Your name's Angelina. But not that Brad and Angelina. <laughs> and I say, do you think we'll take our adopted children... <laughs> To a birthday party, but not those, but not those adopted, adopted children. children. To Tom Cruise's house again, not that Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's just the guy that we work in the <laughs> accounting with. Yes, another T. Cruise, 
And you have to respond like just like a trail of like, I don't know, we have to see about a babysitter, all that sort of stuff. But do it as if you're looking at your phone, but don't don't look at your phone. Okay, you have to set me up with the I know. Question. Oh for sure. Okay. Oh yeah. Who do you think you're who do you think you're horsing around with? <laughs> a horse? <laughs> you know who's the worst to horse around with? Oh, Valerie, that is one of my earliest stand-up bits. I every time you tell me one of your earliest stand-up bits, I love them yeah. so much that I make you move it to the front of the queue. Move it to the front lines. And unicorn. Unicorn, yeah. Unicorn. Was well, that you? Yes. I'm sorry. We hang out a lot. <laughs> I just it's mean- either you or. The ghost of Paul Bettany. I sort of have a beautiful mind thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, um, no, I. It was me because you you said like I used to have a bit called you know. Oh, okay, I'm so touched. And I was like, I love that bit so much. I feel like trumpet was maybe not. Might have been. You know who loved trumpet was Rob Bell. Yeah. He's never heard. A joke that he likes more than my trumpet joke, and that's a good point. Uh, good time to point out that his new book, Everything Is Spiritual, came out this week, and it's great. There you go. Um, I don't think you're going to like this joke that much. Okay. Here it is. It's like really early. Uni- Unicorn was when I was doing it like six years. Okay. And it just did, it didn't work well enough to like uh, justify the cheesiness. For those of you that don't know my stand-up, it's why do they call it a unicorn? It should be a unicorn. It doesn't have any corn. Is that part of the legend? There's a single piece of corn hidden in its mane. That's a long way to go. Not just call it a unicorn. And the rest is attitude. Um, (laughs) That's a great name for my albums. And the rest is attitude. That's great. Um, Anyway, uh, horseplay. It it was so Seinfeld. And I used to go to the public pool and it would always be like, one, there would always be a sign in the bathroom that said, I don't swim in your toilet, so please don't pee in my pool. Mm -hmm. This is okay. Little Seinfeld Pete would go, you want to swim in my toilet? (laughs) You're welcome to swim in my toilet. And you know what? I'll keep paying in your pool. That's a fair trick. You can come by, go for a dunk in the very shallow end. Now I'm just riffing. The other one was... I like that. Roughhousing and then horseplay. I don't remember if I had a joke for roughhousing, but horseplaying, I was like, horseplay? Who saw two children dunking each other underwater and was like, my God, those two boys over there, they just look <laughs> just like horses. It's not good. Play smooth. Play smooth. It's, it's not good. <laughs> We're slowly becoming your mom's house. Which is Tom Segura's fun, uh, very fun podcast. I think they do stuff like this. They play. Anyway, here, ready for the scene? Um, oh, yes. Sorry, okay. I forgot because I was looking at my phone. Yeah, which is what you have to pretend to do. Yeah. So, Angelina, um, do you think we'll take the kids to that birthday party this weekend? Uh, we can talk about it maybe tomorrow. Ooh. I have a... Th- I, oh. oh, actually, I did... I called somebody. Oh! Breathtaking. Thank you. I was not sure you'd be able to do it. And if I wasn't in the car looking at you, just because it's a tricky one, mm-hmm. uh, I would have thought you were on your phone. That was excellent. See, I have no problem pretending that I'm not paying attention when I am. I have a problem pretending that I'm paying attention when, when I'm, I'm not. not. Yeah. No, it's way harder. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, who's the artist? Um, okay. I just guessed Jimmy, Santana. 
Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. You just guessed Santana and you got really close. I got within 0.8 million. Mm-hmm. 800,000 wrong. Still very close. <laughs> okay, this is a fun one to do. Um, monthly listeners and then what's the most popular song? Sure. So Jimi Hendrix. Go. Uh... Well, most popular song is going to be um, Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky. No, not even in the top five. Are you experienced? Wait, Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky, I thought it was Prince. No, that's okay. This is like that Chris Rock bit where the girlfriend <laughs> says, What team did Malcolm X play for? Uh, uh, cut it out. No, no, no. As I was saying, I was Edit it out. Edit it out. Please, that is my ignorance with cool music more than ignorance. Anything. Let's <laughs> let's ease up on the heavy Buddhist language and just say you didn't know. I, I'm struggling to name several Jimi Hendrix songs. Okay, what's the number one? Wait, all along the Watchtower. Yep. Okay, so my favorite is the DMP. Um, I actually really did love the DMP oh, version. <laughs> I know. The, I loved the DMB version. And my brother. Wait, oh my can we God. do something? What? Finish, finish, finish. I don't know if my brother's going to like this, but he was in a band, like a high school band, that was really. Like, you know, my brother is just, like, the best, and he is, like, a very smart, intellectual, lovely man now. But, like, those types of people, when they're teenagers, just kind of go through a, like, the angst of a teenager in that type of kid comes out in like a, um, like teenagers are the worst and I hate all their pop music and like, right. I love. Well, it's, I, I used to have a bit about that. Like if you define yourself by just things you hate, like it's time to upgrade your personality. Yeah. And that's not even necessarily what he was doing, but he, anyway, this is a long way to say. He I know. Had a band. I don't think he's going to care. You can just tease. He had a band that did a cover of All Along the Watchtower because of because and like I think he started with an intro of like Bob Dylan wrote it Jimi Hendrix did it Dave Matthews Band did it oh and now we're doing it he said that in the intro to the song I think he did I think I remember him doing that once if you you didn't I'm sorry that was one of my first like I gotta like get on Napster and get that song like when you were faced down the long barrel of Napster Mm -hmm. and you're like wait it's all the songs and you're like what songs I remember so many of them and one of them was uh Ain't got time to take a fast plane. Ain't got time. Lonely days are gone. I just like did like an oldie because I couldn't think of any cool songs. So that's me joining you. I did. My baby wrote me a letter. And I was like, that I'll burn onto one of these Staples blank CDs. Lonely. Let me put this in for you. Lonely days are. Oh, yeah. And reflective on both sides. Yes. Yeah. And you have to. Like, There's no matte shark. side. Yeah. I had almost exclusively at some point I had all actually it's really sweet it's my, my you're looking at the phone boyfriend what? at the time I'm trying to keep the monthly listeners up oh um, just point at my face anyway I had uh, all CDs that were burned at one point in my binder my CD binder did you see it no I didn't see it okay ready yes oh you know what I wanted to do Oh, yeah. I've been trying to get Dave Matthews on this but I really would like to interview Dave Matthews. Yeah. You be me and ask me something and I'll answer is Dave Matthews. Okay. 
Um, it could just be, how are you? <laughs> no, it can't be. Hilarious. Um, what's your favorite animal? Well, I love my bed. Yeah, I want to have a bed. <laughs> oh, look up at a bat. See him flapping red. And I say, Do you drink my blood? <laughs> <laughs> and then just a million horns. <laughs> kind of a fud. Wait, I was going to do that as my punchline. I was going to tell you. Well. To, I would be Dave Matthews and you asked me who my best friend is. Oh, okay. Who's your best friend? Ladies and gentlemen, Cataboofud. 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 Okay, hit it. Well, now I can't because the, the I got it. I, I got it. I have a very long password. <sighs> yes. Okay. And I've been typing it in a million and then getting scolded for looking at the phone. I don't recall scolding. <laughs> okay, Jimi Hendrix, how many monthly listeners? Who gave me this Christmas wine? I don't recall molding. <laughs> you will never get to it. Okay, Jimi Hendrix has... Ooh, he has less than Santana, that's for damn sure. What? Well, that's kind of a hint, isn't it? I just am shocked that you would think that. Well, I'm going to stick with it, even though you have the answer in I your... guess what I'm realizing is, like, Santana is a way bigger deal than I thought. Santana... Jimi Hendrix is, like, one of the most famous people on the planet. It doesn't matter. We did... I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm putting him at 3.6. 8.1. All right. So, so he beat Sam by a little. But I... And I'm sorry to give it away. It didn't, you sure did. But... but <laughs> Here's what, like, you as Alex Trebek. Oh, my God. <laughs> this element causes balloons to rise. What is oxygen? No! <laughs> I can't finish no. the riff, but it's like, no, you, you think it's oxygen? It wouldn't be, what, it wouldn't be, no, it'd be like, really? Really? You oxygen? think, ox- well, sure, oxygen's going to be in the mix, but what's the one that really gets it off the ground? <laughs> Uh, please tell me other songs Santana has done. Uh, sure. My Little Yellow Pony that I saw on the prairie. (laughs) My Little Pony that I saw here was quite yellow. That is not real. He's over there on the prairie on the meadow. Then it was just 45 minutes of soloing. Oh, this was a suggestion. Guess how many... Jimmy Eat World has. Ooh, what do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were checking social media. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Eat World has 4.6. 4.8? You are fantastic. <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> oh my god, let me give you one. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. You are going to get it. No, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you that you too, okay, I'm going to tell you. Okay. That you too has 15.4. Can you tell? What's their number one? Um, Joshua Tree. Hilarious. <laughs> no. Um, um, what is that song that's like, um, with or without you? That's it. Ah. Uh, see? You're killing it. Okay. And you're I amazing. Know, I know. Music. Okay. <laughs> if you two has 14.2, your challenge. I had 15. Okay, 15.4. I have to I have to look at a phone and remember. Yes, fifteen point four. Thank you. Mm-hmm. People are screaming at their radios. <laughs> uh, REM, 
Oh, God. And you get to listen to their number one hit. Now. <laughs> get out of here, Rob. This is this is a real Dems rock the vote song, too. Yeah. Cut, cut to the Trump rally. Okay. R.E.M. has... Yeah. Um, I'm going to say they have... Is Javier Bardem in R.E.M.? I'm just kidding, <laughs> but you know who I mean. Um, R.E.M. Bardem? R.E.M. Grande. Um, I'm going to say they have 9.3. Very good. 10.6. Hey. Uh, very, very... Well, this is a game... Look, teach a man to fish, you know what I mean? Like, anyone can play this now. <laughs> Mary J. Blige... <laughs> Ooh. Do it. Do um, it. Play, do it. Play her. I, uh, do it. I'm going to say she has... <laughs> it's Somehow it's smooth again. I'm going to say she has 11.4. I'm glad that you're you're bigging up Mary J, but she's got 6.6. Mm, boy. Um, See, this is why you have to vote. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so funny. Do you um, want to hear... Uh, oh, I was going to read something. But that's that's too serious. You want to be silly. Well, you can read whatever you want. I well, I, we can maybe close out with a reading, unless you had a poem. Here's I, here's some fun questions. This is from Regina, uh, who was a bartender before COVID. So she mm-hmm. still is a bartender, uh, but is unable to ask couples celebrating things these questions. So they very graciously, uh, boundless dot attention is her handle. See the difference when I'm always like, clearly they probably want to shine and <laughs> be retweeted. Yeah. Um, here are the questions. One, so if somebody was uh, celebrating an anniversary. Yeah, that was a confusing intro, intro. She's a bartender. So when she would see like a couple together on a date or, or whatever, the way that she would talk to them. I talked through a burp, like the Mulaney bit. <laughs> and, I, love <laughs> I love that bit. I was so happy for him when... On his comedians and cars, it came up, and he I got know. to do it. I know. Okay, one. What thought did you have upon seeing or meeting them for the first time? Oh, Ooh, that's explicit adult material. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I always say you, you were wearing a blue striped dress, but it was spotted. No, you always say that it was spotted, but, but it, it was, was striped. striped. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! We're getting a divorce. Thanks. Wow, that Abundant. really spiked. What is it? Spike the, the levels. Boundless attention. Well, I, 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 this is sort of a cheesy question, but I guess it's supposed to be cheesy. But I was like, who is this sunshine? The thing that I said in my book was true was that there was an immediate connection. Yeah. And an attraction. Yeah. So I think I say something like, when I'm old and I tell my grandkids that it was love at first sight, that will be true. Mm-hmm. But that, that isn't necessarily how I would have said it on the night. Sure, yeah. And that sort of is what mythology does. It takes like an un, unarticulated truth that you sort of feel in your body mm-hmm. and then add it backwards after the fact, retroactively, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But I definitely was like, who is this? This person is beautiful and I really want to be with them. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. it, is it fun to say, and maybe have you said, that we that I stood in line to meet you? <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's fun. I'm embarrassed by that, but I think well, it's I, kind of funny that I... We've talked about that before. That I, I mean, it wasn't like I was a super fan, but I did go to his show because I had to listen to the podcast a little bit. 
and everybody was like standing in line to meet him afterwards so I yeah. stood in line and then that's what I miss COVID times is yeah. it was so fun to see everybody afterwards it was really fun after we were together and I think even when we were married we did it a couple times together yeah yeah that's right and, it and is, people would say hi to you too which meant so much yeah it was just like pure light and sweetness and uh, yeah. friendship yeah and we met and then um you said that you, you were going to get a drink no, next door. No, I said, "Oh, he was just like, Ooh, hey, uh. <laughs> yes." Which you might have thought I was saying to everybody, but I only I said it to my girl. I did. He he was like, "I'm gonna be uh, next door or whatever after this." As if I just thing. really want an expensive drink. As I want to leave. Gonna the, do that I want to leave this club where the drinks are free and my friends are to go to that weird bar next door. <laughs> yeah. And then I was I like, don't miss that. waiting for him at this bar, thinking, "Am I ridiculous? Did he just say this to like all of the women in the line?" Hilarious. And like fill this bar with people that he knows would maybe have sex with him. Hilarious. But that's not what happened. It was just that me. is not what happened. And I vividly remember walking into that bar vividly for somebody that I have a good memory for things that people say and, and pretty good idea idea memory yeah. and concept memory. I don't necessarily have a great traditional what people mean by memory, memory, like Mm -hmm. videotapes you can watch of the past. I really remember what it was like walking into that bar and looking for you. Oh my God. Oh my God. My butthole, excuse me, is tingling, it's tingling, it's tingling, my Uh, butthole is tingling, (laughs) so ring-a-ling-ling that bell. You we said you wanted a silly have, one. We couldn't have <laughs> to, like a full minute of like floopy sexual tension without a this fart is, song. This is this is this is this is this is my I, life. That was now. me. This I was is, looking for something. This is my life now. Uh, what it, uh, did you have an answer? For to what question? <laughs> That question. I just answered that question. We both answered that question. Oh, I, I, you I said thought. you were waiting in line to meet me, but if that's oh, no, as no, no, intimate no. and oh. sexual tension uh, you want to get. No, no, no. Okay. I I was saying I also Okay. Remembered, I also remembered waiting for you and see and like thinking that the chances of you showing up were slim, which is interesting. To the meaty greedy or to the show? To, no, to waiting. Oh, to the bar. To the bar. And then being kind of, like, surprised and happy when I saw you. And then that's how our relationship was for the first few, like, months maybe, where I would text you and I was just, like, expecting you to ghost me at some point, which is just not great self-worth on my part. But um, you never did, and I remember constantly, time after time, being, (laughs) oh, my God, (laughs) being surprised. By how available you were to me. Very sweet. And, I remember that fondly. And then, you know, now here we are. How long? Eight years? A marriage is, I'll pause it for you when you get up to go to the bathroom. Dating is your heart, your, your stomach does a backflip when they text you back. Yeah. Both are fun. Yeah. Two. I, I mean, I both are really fun and we we kind of both I feel like prefer intimacy over like tension sexual yeah. tension but 
When you put it that way, it doesn't sound like they are equal. No, I know. I, I, I felt that as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> I liked it, though. Yeah. I liked it. No, it was fun. I, I feel like one is, is he going to text me back? Which is kind of not, it's like fun and not fun. And the other one is, can you look out at this bump that's on my butt? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What is this? <laughs> Yeah, can you put makeup on the birthmark on my butt? Yeah. Before I do a sex scene with my ex-girlfriend. That's intimacy. Um, How does your partner differ, if at all, from the image your mind's eye has created for your future person? (sighs) How does your... Seems like a... How does your partner differ, if at all, from the image your mind's eye had created for your future person? Oh, that's a fun question. Is it? I think it's a trap. It is a trap. Let's skip it. (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, because I didn't necessarily imagine you would be as small as you are. Remember when... (laughs) Just diving right in. Well, you said it was a fun question. (laughs) No, but Um, remember, like, the first time we hung out and then the next time was, like, a month later... And I remember very, again, very vividly being like, I don't remember you being this small. Yeah. And you are really small. And I'm really big. But like when I met you, Mm -hmm. that was not the impression that I got. Yeah. I, I didn't expect to be with somebody very tall. Um, but like, I never, I think maybe when I was really young, I, I had like an idea of of like a very 90s boyfriend like he wears white turtlenecks and he has a golden retriever like things like that but I never really I have just all different types of people like and where are these people coming from is what's interesting to me is like it's like a, it's a mix of all the faces I knew in the region I grew up in yes that's when I went from uh, high school to college I was like all these people are weird looking and what that meant was they were from other parts of the country. Yeah. And I didn't, because I was from the Boston area, I didn't know that Boston people have a look. Boston people have more of a look than almost anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. There's I a pinchedness. In the country. There's a pinch. But just like Boston women all look, have a very similar face and Boston men have a very similar face. I hear that. In general. Um, this is what I will say to that, that question. In hindsight, I have realized that you kind of look like people that I had a crush on as a kid. A little bit of a JTT vibe. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And certainly a John John Ritter. John Ritter? Yep, that's him. Um, Vibe. I mean, like, to the point where his ex-wife agrees. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And is into it. And is into it. I wasn't going to (laughs) necessarily say that, but she... Well, she doesn't times. seem embarrassed by that. Like she's no. always very public about it. Yeah, she's she like tries to sneak you away at parties. I feel like sweep you away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we don't know. We can't know we can't what know. percentage is a joke and what percentage. But she, I remember last time we were there, she brought over her kids and was like, "Doesn't he look just like him?" And yeah. it was it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. And at one point, I had to go like, "This is my wife. <laughs> this I is know. my wife." I don't think it was. Uh, Again, it's I can't know how serious it was. Uh, anyway, I used to watch Three's Company and have a big crush on him. Um, I feel like just those two are... I've noticed you look like them, and I'm like, oh, that, there's something there. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I like that I... Where is Jonathan Taylor Thomas? I know. Where'd he go? Where'd you go, JTT? I used to 
make out so hard with a poster of him. And he, it's funny because I can picture it now. And it was like, you know, he was like 13. <laughs> I was seven. Yeah. Or eight or maybe nine. Uh, and he was like, it was one of it, like him wearing those. Remember those shirts from the nineties that were like, they're like button down short sleeve, but the sleeves are really like baggy and kind of long. They like go down to your elbow. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> and it was like black and tan. And he would, <laughs> he was like sitting on a stool and I would. Of course like, he was. Oh my God. So anyway. That's, I loved it. I loved it. What do you think has made this relationship successful where other relationships failed? I don't know about that one. I feel like we talk about that way too much. Yeah. And then the last one is, uh, thanks for agreeing, what does your partner do for you that makes you feel the most like your true self? I really liked that one. That's a really sweet question. Yeah. And mine was, sorry I had a little time to think about it, but I was like, of all, I like performing. Mm -hmm. So when we're together, I'm often performing. Mm -hmm. But it's in that like... We're under the we're kids under the sheets of the bed at a sleepover with a flashlight, mm -hmm. reading comic books or, or whatever cliche you want. Mm -hmm. But it's that sort of like this is just for us. This is just and so as somebody mm -hmm. that like I had this journey of turning what I loved into what I do. Car is getting close. Sorry. And often when you do that, thank you. Or mm -hmm. you can. And often when you do that, some of the juice runs out of it. Mm -hmm. And you've helped me like get in touch with that like very very pure childlike place where we can just be silly mm -hmm. so it's not like it's not as simple as like in Magnolia where um what's his name John C. Riley is a cop I'm a cop and uh I can't find hey, it hello Ray Romano <laughs> uh I'm a cop I'm a cop I'm a cop and uh I will I will karate kick your face <laughs> I can't do it today yeah I've heard you do it though. perfectly do it. I mean I think yeah here hold on one second when in in the uh, movie Magnolia, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm a cop, so I don't want drama in my life. Mm -hmm. So he just wants like somebody that he can sort of be sedated with, and I understand mm -hmm. that. That's not how I feel with you. Yeah. I get to be the safest sort of like you know just do a silly dance sort of person that I really want to be. Yeah. With you. So that makes me feel really safe. I really appreciate that. Um, and actually I hate to like steal your answer, but I was thinking that before you started to say it, it definitely is when we're being that kind of silly and laughy because when I was a kid, so I have really great memories of my family. It was always when we were in hotel rooms where it was like my parents sleeping in a bed and my brother and I sharing a bed mm -hmm. where like the, all the lights were off and like someone would fart and then say something like really funny about it. <laughs> And then the whole family would just get the giggles. And then we would all just get so silly with like, you can't see anything. The lights are off, but we're just like all four just like dying laughing. And I remember using that as a reference for like, I want that. That's essential. That's like a deal breaker mm. for me that like the person that I'm spending my life with will have late night laughing. Yeah. And we just do, I mean, it's different now that we're co-sleeping with our baby, but like, we just, we, we do all of the time. And it was even in my vows where there was something like, I can't explain it, but when you pull your pants down and do a silly dance, I know that I'm right where I belong Aww. or something like that. So that's really how I feel. You're very sweet. Yeah. Thank well. you, mama. 
I hope there's not an ad. There is an ad. Fuck you, YouTube. Well, hey, maybe this is the... Uh, we can get them to be uh, sponsors. <laughs> get this thing to be a sponsor? Whatever this is an ad for. It's like a... Oh, no, it's McDonald's. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, here we go. Why isn't it playing? What the fuck? Does it not do it if it's a video? I guess not. This is just you wanting to see... Do we have to say it like that? Auto-complete interview. Which is... Is Sarah Silverman... Canadian? There is no... Is Sarah Silverman... Canadian? That's pretty good. No. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Hi, I'm John C. Riley. Hi, I'm John C. Riley. Hey, well, we should do a new. I can't do it today. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's it not just there. Needs to be a little less. Uh... Yeah, no, I hear that. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to do a question? Yeah, I have some questions that might be a little heavier, but um, I definitely want to answer. What the Ooh, fuck? What is what it? What was that? What was that? Was that you? No, it's the. It's that or. Something. Um, no. Where are the questions that I saved? Here they are. Question for you and Pete by Natalie T. Bronson. How do you decide? Okay, this is a serious question. I shouldn't read it. As a um, bit. Yeah. How do you decide what you are going to do every day and what the right action is? I have a lot of anxiety every day about how I'm spending my time, and it gives me low self-esteem when I actually have to do my work. Mm. Basically, how do you deal with procrastination that is the root that is rooted in perfectionism? Thank you both for your energy you've devoted in taking on all of these questions. It's really interesting. I, I could talk about this for nine years. Yeah, One same. thing that it, I, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I think we should go at the same time. <laughs> I'm just 100% JK. I didn't think you would have an answer right away, so I went. Well, okay, now you're just insulting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just read it. Oh, you read it ahead of time. Of course you did. No, I go ahead. I was okay, you. here we go. One. Just like be yourself, <laughs> like the dumbest answer. <laughs> <laughs> Two, you, do you. It's all just different ways Three, of saying. Three, have fun yourself. out there. Four, take a deep breath. Five, Five YOLO. <laughs> One of the things that really felt like such a breakthrough for me was realizing that consuming art mm-hmm. was so important to making art. Now, I'm not assuming that they're talking about art, but they are talking about creativity. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I want to remember how important, if I'm writing a movie, I'll watch a great movie just not to lift from it or even tone thieve it, mm-hmm. but just to remember what it feels like, how important and special it can be, just to be like a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I've been tinkering with a book idea for a really long time. And as I mentioned, reading Rob's book, Everything is Spiritual, about, available now just reminds me of the pleasure of reading a new fresh book and and seeing it on the page and seeing the cover and it gets me in touch with that excitement again Mm -hmm. and then definitely with stand-up when I was starting out and it was like why can't I just write every day Mm -hmm. I I heard this interview with Seinfeld it's in the movie Comedian and he's like construction workers construction workers going to work every day why can't we talking about the creative process And while I can agree with that, sort of, mm-hmm. you don't have to be in the right mood to uh, weld. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. In the same way, you have to be alert, you have to be, you know, capable and all these things. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have this like inner alchemy of confidence and basic needs met and mm-hmm. rest and brain lit up. And maybe it's something as simple as your coffee or the right music or the right setting, all these things that are so important um, to coax you into the mood to create. Mm-hmm. So I sort of don't agree with that anymore. That whole like, just show up, just show yeah. up. I'm not a big fan of sitting and staring at screens, uh, like a blanking, blinking cursor. Yeah. But doing stand up, I'd put on an album and remember what great stand up sounds like. Mm. And then I just couldn't help but go around and see the whole world Mm -hmm. as premises. Mm -hmm. And it was so helpful. And of course they would come out sounding like me eventually. At first they sounded like Brian Regan and Seinfeld and everybody. But, Mm -hmm. but like, it's sort of like this doesn't work for me. Like pornography and sex have almost no connection, which is a little bit disturbing. We could talk about that later. Mm -hmm. I don't mean disturbing for me. I just mean like, having sex with a human being is so different from flat, you know, erotica on a Mm -hmm. computer screen. Um, but if that worked, it's a little bit like watching pornography to get horny. I, Mm -hmm. I I would go to a museum and get that inspiration, really telling myself that it's not to trick me into wanting to create, but just do it. Yeah. And then like, maybe it's the next day, maybe it's a week later. Yeah. But I've noticed if you and I don't watch some bullshit, Mm-hmm. and watch something good, the next day I'll often have better quality ideas. If we right. watched a Wes Anderson movie or yes. we watched a Tarantino movie or we watched something, Same. Paul Thomas Anderson movie, as opposed to just watching, you know, Love is Blind or whatever, which mm-hmm. I didn't watch. But I'm just saying, yeah. good stuff in, good stuff out is such a huge key. And I have more, but obviously I want to hear my, my baby. Um, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, like, whatever, if, if we're talking, I'd like to to kind of do this as a two-parter. One is creativity and one is productivity. And creativity, I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's like finding the things, whether it's a beautiful song or a lot of times for me, it's like breaking routine, like starting the day hiking instead of, uh, I don't know, doing the dishes or whatever it is that you usually do. Can you speak a little... Because you, sorry, but that's a huge. Yeah. That's huge. You, yeah. you having lived with me for all this time now, said that whatever I'm doing, stop doing it and start doing something else. And that is the best answer. I wish I had thought of that. No, it, I mean, that's it. And we get, we get so much life force, which is also, which is synonymous with creative force, I think. Yeah. Um, when we have novelty. So just breaking the routine is so important and then like that lasts you so what Pete's referring to is like he'll try to smoke weed and then like that'll last maybe a couple weeks not to be creative but to like at night night. because my theory is that in the morning I'll be more rested because I had a goofy silly stony night and then sometimes I do I wake up and I write a million pages but then it wears off and then I'm like and I do this way more often no weed and then I'm like coffee and it's like hike and then it's like nap and then it's like right in the day no right in the afternoon or like stop writing or write on uh, a computer write on Mm -hmm. a pad Um, Mm -hmm. use a voice memo app while you go for a walk all these different things whatever you're doing stop doing (laughs) yeah if you've hit a block change what you're doing if you hit a block I think that's really smart um, that being said, I do think that it's worth saying that like different, like different people work differently. 
So for a lot of people, there is a lot of value in making an appointment with yourself saying every day from nine to 11, I do whatever my work is. Well, that's daily habits. And that you book. show up. Yeah. yeah. And your brain starts making associations. If you go to the same room every day at the same time every day, your brain will start to connect that with getting something done. I'm into that. When I was trying to write the book, that was very helpful to me. Yeah. Being like, this is my special book place. So it wasn't, it was less imaginary. But if I'm just trying to do something as vague as think of stand up, it's different from like, here's the outline and I got to tackle this chunk today. Yeah. That is what Annie Lamott would say and all these different Mm -hmm. people. It's like, get your butt in the seat and show up. Yeah. So I was going to recommend Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird. It's on writing. It's about writing, but it's not. It's about anything that you want to do. The tips are so, so valuable. And then the real one that if you haven't read this, Natalie T. Bronson or anybody else um, struggling with this is Big Magic from Elizabeth Gilbert because she addresses creativity and productivity and what I think is she's getting to the root of which is like the low self-esteem part and the self-critic who is like... So I just really relate to this because what Pete was so great... uh, You were so great like green-lighting this feeling where I had a period of time where I all of a sudden for the first time in my life and never expected this was able to not work and just do what... So it was like, okay, now you have limited, uh, unlimited resources, basically. You have time and and you don't have to worry about money. What do you want to do? And I found that crippling for three years. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely one of those, like, the devil's like, you want to play the fiddle, huh? (laughs) And I didn't I say that to you. I was like, welcome to the challenge of getting what you wanted your whole life. It's so... And then you have a new enemy, which is guilt. Then it's guilt. Stand-ups, every stand-up I know has that, too. It's like suddenly you're making your living as a stand-up, and you're like, shouldn't, like Seinfeld said, shouldn't I be hauling my ass and then writing? We need to have good work ethic and some compassion that, like, your muse. That's why it got uh, personified into a muse. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. there literally is a muse, like Uma Thurman to Tarantino. But, like... Often the muse is just used as the feeling of inspiration. Yeah. And I know it when I have it. And when it's gone, we were just talking about this today too, Val. It's like you just honor that. Just honor it and know know that everything is seasons. And we have been saying this all week, but everything is contraction and expansion. So, or another way to look at that is like it's scarcity and abundance. And it just like, it can be, it can go in and out throughout the course of a day yeah but just when you're in a state of of scarcity or contraction knowing or uh, let's keep it on topic lack of motivation or inspiration yeah just kind of having compassion and know that it's going to go back that's right Mulaney said something to me when he was writing a movie and I was talking about I was on deadline for something too and we were talking about the creative process and how vague and slippery it is. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there's a, re- there's a reason why on a network show, he goes, there's a reason they give you two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it does not take two weeks to write a draft of a 22-minute sitcom. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And by the way, everyone knows this. Every showrunner knows that. Mm-hmm. It does take 
four days of dreaming and tinkering and whittling and writing something and throwing it away. And then, then one day you wake up and you're just completely inspired and you write eight pages. Yeah. And then you have two more days where you're just like, oh, I shouldn't eat that Chinese food. I'm playing video games. I'm sleeping. I'm going for a long walk. And then it's like on, I say it all the time, but on Mad Men, Matt Weiner said through Don Draper as John Hamm said, um, think about an idea for a really, really long time. Think about it really, really hard and then put it out of your mind and then one day it'll show up. Yeah. And I was like, this is a motherfucker who almost to a Jungian level is understanding what it mm-hmm. is like to try to cultivate ideas. Mm-hmm. But I also want to attack onto that. Green lighting it is so important. So and, and being your own cheerleader is so important. Mm-hmm. And the way that this, I sort of learned that was doing voiceover and then doing Best Week Ever, which was a talking head show on VH1. Mm-hmm. It was so important. You're in this room, and the producers were great, but they're not, they can't laugh because it'll pick up on the mic. Mm. And, you know, they're interviewing 15 comedians that day, so it's sort of in their best interest to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So you'd do a joke, and you'd be like, well, looks like Madonna, more like Happy Anna. She's not mad. And it just wouldn't work very well. And I, I that joke. You're so fun. I would say, let me do that again. Instead mm-hmm. of waiting for someone else to say, do that again, I would be like, let me do that again, and I would do it again. Similarly, if I did a joke and it was great, this is where the whole laughing at myself on stage thing came, was I'm trying to build a momentum inside of me. Mm. Like, people that are athletes... I think would understand, I wouldn't know, but mm-hmm. have to know it's like, this is it. You're, you're in the zone. You're getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. And when you're alone, the reason I mentioned doing voiceover, when you're alone in a booth, maybe I've even said this before on this podcast on the Fridays, I don't know, but they, there's nothing lonelier than being in something the size of a phone booth mm-hmm. and you have headphones on so you can hear yourself and you're just looking at a piece of paper and everybody's being very quiet and you can't hear anybody. So you're so alone. Mm-hmm. It's like they might as well put you in like a giant Tylenol capsule and lowered you into the ocean. That's how mm-hmm. detached from anybody you feel. So that's where you start learning. If the line is keep off the fence, I'd be like, keep off the fence. Keep off the fence. That's the one. That's a good one. Like trying to get some sort of positivity, mm-hmm. like like some flow, like Bro- like Brody, mm-hmm. Brody Stevens. Like you're trying to get a rhythm of positivity going. So similarly, when you're sitting down to write, mm-hmm. you want to be like, "That's great. That's great. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is great." Even yeah. if, who, what, what, who who suffers from you? trying to get yourself into a good positive vibration yeah i think that's true i do think that you you have a i i see that you work at it you just explained how you work at it um but you also do have a natural a deeper reservoir of self-love and self-compassion than a lot of people I would even call it self-enthusiasm. Self-enthusiasm. Yeah. Self-obsession, even. <laughs> no, self-compassion and self-love is giving it... I, I love that, and I work on those things. Yeah. But love and compassion is so much richer and deeper, and you really know it. I don't know if I have as much of an abundance of those things as I want, mm. because self-love would be... It didn't work. Um, something didn't work. Someone didn't like it. And I'm like... That's fine. I, sure. I like it, and, and uh, it's all good. It's all in the game. Self-enthusiasm is damaged by someone being like, sure. that sucks. And I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm trying to get something going here. So I think yeah. it's actually 
That's really trying to cultivate self enthusiasm. That's very interesting. <laughs> and yeah. knowing when you don't have it, and I don't work on those days. Yeah. Well, so I would say this. It sounds like job one for Natalie is maybe working on the the self love or self compassion piece. Where it the this is what I where I'm picking up on this. It's how do you decide what you're going to do every day and what the right action is. Uh, I I just feel like the right action is very rigid and limiting and really just, if you're looking at it, if you're starting the day being like, what is the right thing to do today? Um, And thinking of it as like, there's a right thing and there's a wrong thing. You're kind of setting yourself up to feel like you failed at the day Mm. as opposed to just taking like flowing with what what happens and it's not like you can't set goals but it's probably at this stage more important what you how you treat yourself if you don't reach those goals is way more important than if you actually meet those goals that's interesting i love that i'm i'm saying this as somebody who really was caught in the trap for a long time of like I'm a piece of shit. I just get stoned and play the ukulele and I'm not writing. And I, and all I know, I don't have a lot to offer. I'm not like an expert on this, but the two things I know about this are one thinking negatively about that and setting myself in like a rigid mindset of what I should be doing was a serious creativity killer. Oh yeah. It didn't benefit me in any way. I don't mean to make this awkward, but it's like as a guy saying, I should have an erection right now. It's yeah, the worst sure. thing you can think if you're trying to not get be in your head and do something creative, like yes, making love. sexuality and creativity. It's are, the same thing. Yeah. And putting that pressure, any guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Unless, I don't know, there's probably some Scott Bayo types out there that are just like, but no, but no. And that's never been me. I've always been like, I need to, it's like my old bed. I need to be wooed. The mood needs to be right. That's not to say I don't have like my caveman mode that we occasionally just kind of get into a more carnal place. Sure. Yeah. But for the most part, um, keep going. Um, so yeah, I think it is just maybe, maybe taking it from a different angle is instead of just give, just see what it feels like if you give yourself a break from being like, Whatever the tape is playing in your head, which based on this sounds like I'm not do, spending my days right, I uh, am procrastinating, and I'm I'm not uh, I'm not getting anything done. The stuff that I am getting done is not working. Like, just what you can do with that is like that's your self critic. Everybody has it, so just knowing that everybody has that is important. Um, and then. Every time you hear those thoughts, just saying, "Okay, thank you. I see you. I'm I'm okay," and taking it from yeah, let the, the subconscious write and let the conscious edit. That voice will be more helpful. That's what Steve Martin said. I love that. That voice will be very helpful and good when you're carving it away. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, when you're just trying to get some words down or some notes down or some color down or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you got to get into that real sloppy. Yeah. Like 
I used to always, once you get a few wins, there's different altitudes to approach the stat. If you are smoking weed and, and playing the ukulele all day, it's different advice. But if you're making some stuff and you start getting a few wins, meaning you have a day that is uh, what you wanted, yeah. like you do meet a goal, mm-hmm. then you need to start really, that's a place to put a green light on and just be like, I don't need to study how other people do it. You should study how I do it. Like that, that is a good sort of exercise. So being like, I'm not too worried about what this person did. Mm -hmm. And when I was starting out, I really, really would get into that being like taking the day off and watching movies all day is my process. Like, fuck off. I'm the king. You don't know. And I would usually have like a good day the next day. But if you're really like, I have, we always go to my Tony Robbins. If you're like literally just struggling with like, I can't hit the ground running and I'll, I'll just end up in a rut and nothing's happening. Yeah. It's different advice. And the the answer is usually like my T Rob's thing was always like going on a hike. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a long hike, but it was Mm -hmm. a simple hike. I could walk out my door and just go on this walk basically where parts of it were uphill that I call a hike. (laughs) And while I did it, I would say, I love my life. I would say over and over, I love my life with the beats of my steps. So these are my steps. I'm walking like that. Well, let's be real. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So let's, oh my God, let's say it's this. I go, I love my life. I love my life. I love my life. This is so embarrassing potentially yeah but, but i'm not. not embarrassed no it would work i love my life every day in every way i'm getting better and better yes because it has to be eight beats every day in every way i'm getting funnier and funnier yes every day in every way i'm getting more and more creative yes you can make it whatever you want whatever it is yeah. but these things start to seep into your subconscious plus you start your day with a win yeah. that's why people make their beds you start with a win you made your bed mm-hmm. i don't make my bed we but i get up never made a bed <laughs> But you go on that hike, you get a little bit of that self-love going, literally just talking to yourself, repeating some of the things. Yeah. And then and then hitting that routine of mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm not going to smoke weed until the weekend because I, I want to see what it's like having a clear week or whatever it is. And then playing yeah. with all the levels. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a Buddhist concept um, of like, and Pema Chodron talks about it. It's not too tight and not too loose. And it's just no noticing where you favor, mm. and and addressing it. Like like you said, everybody's on a different spectrum. So some people are going to favor being a little too loosey goosey lazy, and some people are going to be favoring t- like paralyzing perfectionism, mm-hmm. like she was talking about. So it's just noticing where you're at and adjusting accordingly to the middle way. Yeah. Just trying to compassionately tweak the the knobs. (laughs) Uh, Also, morning pages. Morning pages. That's great. Artist's Way in general is fantastic. Almost everybody in L.A. has started and not completed the That's why I say all love and respect to the Artist's Way. They don't need my help promoting it. That's one of the most popular creativity books of all time. But Dwight Slade, who told me about it, he was like, you don't need to read it. Just, just do, do the morning pages, which, which is, is if you, every morning you write three pages. But this is what we're talking about. If it's a hike, if it's reading, for me this morning, I'm having a good day today. And I started by reading just mm-hmm. like a little bit of self-love, a little bit of creative stuff coming in yeah. instead of starting the day with whatever, a blanket of despair. I mean, like start with, which I'm saying for me yeah. is often the alternative, like get out 
and type some bullshit or paint some bullshit or sing some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, how many wonderful people I know are just like, I'm doing a song a week for the summer. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like they know that quality comes from quantity often. I love the starting with a win thing. That's so helpful. Start with a win. Okay. Well, that's why you're, uh, I'm sorry. somebody in your family and I were talking about cigarettes. That's a winnable game. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. that's what one of the great appeals of smoking or a lot of addictions is it's like, I can do this. It feels like a win and it's guaranteed. But yeah. like then we really need to start weeding out what feels like a win but isn't a win. But that, yeah. that's, an, that's another podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, I do want to get to this question because I've been really this. Uh, I've been wanting to do this the last couple episodes. I think it's a great question, and um, after this, I think we can play some games or something. Yeah. Okay. This I could do from, my reading. Yeah, this is from Shannon Burns. <laughs> games are a boring book. <laughs> we could let that kids like we could play games. Mm, let's just read. <laughs> oh. I love that kid. Yeah. Okay, this is from Shannon Burns. Hi, Valerie. I love the episodes with you and Pete. They're my favorite episodes. (laughs) I'm not going to go any further because I want to talk about Oh, my God. Um, I have a question I'm wondering if you and or Pete could answer. I've loved reading Ram Dass and Byron Katie, both of whom I discovered through the podcast. But something that's been hard for me, especially lately as I've been thinking a lot about racial justice is reconciling the ways that R.D. and Katie ask us to love what is and see the perfection of what is with the urgent need to change the systems that are stifling and killing people who aren't white. Katie says that love takes action, but how would we know what actions to take if we truly abandon our beliefs about right and wrong, about how people should act? What's the incentive to change perfection? What's the incentive to change perfection? Jesus got angry. Okay, well, I'm going to just pause there because I think we should answer that. And then the second, the last part I really love, and I think you'll have a lot to say about, but it's kind of two different questions. So um, I think this is the question right now, especially for spiritual people, because one of the ways of like kind of, um, what's the opposite of overt? Subtle. Yeah, basically, like subtle racism is um, is called spiritual bypassing, which is just like just sending good thoughts and vibes. And to people don't just do, one of the examples I like. Sorry, no, please. Is like if someone's mourning. So let's say our dog died, mm-hmm. and I was just like, it's it's my karma to have a dog that died. That's yeah. also that's a that's a very easy way to understand spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. And someone like Ramdas would be like. No, you should mourn. You should be sad. It's a, you don't have to pretend to be spiritual. Yeah. And similarly, when things are upsetting and angry, mm-hmm. angry, anger-inducing, um, we don't have to just go like everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. Yeah. I I'll let you speak more to the Katie thing if you want to, and, and also to the Ramdas because I think Ramdas has said some good things about this. But um, but I will say that I've been I was like once. George Floyd happened, I like rushed to Jack Cornfield and Eckhart Tolle. I was really curious about like what my favorite teachers were going to say about it mm. because I was also struggling with this. And, um, and Eckhart Tolle says this and Jack, Jack is like, I mean, Jack has been, 
I mean, like, he was, like, marching in Berkeley in the 60s, and he's, like, always been a serious social activist. Um, So he has some great things to say about it. But Eckhart Tolle has said, he talks about, like, basically being present in the moment, tapped into love, and you can witness the anger that arises, but if you're in anger, Tara Brock says anger is like such a good, vital, important signifier that something um, unhealthy or unjust is happening. So she gives an example of a client of hers because she was a therapist who was in an abusive relationship. And she actually, her first job was to try and help this woman access her anger because otherwise she would never get out of the situation. Mm. So in that way, anger can be like a very great motivator. Yeah. Um, But then she goes on to say, if you stay in a place of anger, then it's not a very effective place. So it's almost like, um, like anger starts the engine, but it's not going to really move the car in the most effective way. Mm. Um, And so... So then it's it's about, like, accessing that deeper kind of cosmic acceptance. It doesn't have to be, like, love or compassion, but it's kind of just, like, this is what is happening. So starting from that place and then taking action from a more loving place, a place that is motivated by love and when we've gone to the black lives matters protests we are like this is not like yes there is anger but the and correct me if i'm wrong like the the residue of the vibe was very positive it was loving it felt very loving yeah um so those are just some thoughts that i have about this i am by no means an expert on it but I, I just wanted to say that I have been wrestling with that too. And these are thoughts that I've had. These aren't answers to the question. Mm. Um, and then there was a Jack Cornfield quote that I wanted to find. But um, did you have anything to add to that? Sure. I mean, this comes up a lot. Uh, or, or it has a, a number of times. And it's a wonderful... That's not to say it's not wonderful. It's truly wonderful. I guess I'm just saying I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And that means I say this quote a lot. But Ramdas says quoting Maharaji, who was quoting Rumi, I think. <laughs> it's one of those days. Yeah. Who is Matt Weiner's John Draper? Is John Hamm. <laughs> but I think it's Rumi, or no, it's Kabir. Kabir says, do what you have to do with another person, just never put them out of your heart. Mm-hmm. So that's what okay. Jesus is rocking in the story, where he gets angry. And uh, Maharaji, which is uh, another, you know, it's Ramdas's guru, realized being, would get angry. But there was this glimmer that they knew... You know, you're angry in a dream, but you're you're angry on behalf of the dream, and you're angry to to change and help the people in the dream. Mm-hmm. But you still have a little of that Buddha smirk, where you're like, it's it's also a dream, which is that's some next level stuff. Ramdas talked about sitting with dying people and it being like the worst thing in the world, but then both of them having this sort of like otherworldly awareness that like on another level, nothing is happening at all. But that that's some that's some uh, above my pay grade thing. What I was going to say was, if we are all one body, which I believe we are, that this is one thing, thinging itself, and there are definitely problems. There's, there's darkness. Just mm-hmm. as, when, as soon as we add light, there's 
dark. Uh, and we're always going to be working to get rid of that, and we always should be working to get rid of that. Every, all the great mystical traditions agree that helping suffering, loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. and supporting one another, everybody everybody agrees. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor, by the way, is in Leviticus too. It's it's not it's not a, a Jesus oh, centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If we're one body and there's these things that are cancers, right? Mm-hmm. There's systemic this, there's murder, there's blah, that blah, blah. Pick your horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And that's like our body has cancer. Mm-hmm. And now we need a surgeon to remove it. We need to mobilize a hospital. We need nurses. We need doctors. We need staff. We need payroll. We need to build a system to remove this cancer from our body. Yeah. I don't want my surgeon to be shaking with anger. Yeah, I want him to start be- being a surgeon, maybe because mm-hmm. it was motivated by righteous anger. People yeah. are dying. This is unfair. People are getting cancer. They don't need it. I can help. Mm-hmm. But when they're in there and they're doing it, that's what I think it means to have a clarity and a lightness. Mm-hmm. Even when you're dealing with the most serious things in the world, mm-hmm. if your center is calm, your action will be more effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said... When we were marching and, and I heard angry voices, that w- that felt appropriate too. So let's yeah. not be phony baloney. Yeah. But there there's such a thing as clear anger, mm-hmm. and then I think there's an anger where we're just I don't know. I can't speak to that. But like let's let's keep our anger uh, useful and clear, That's or maybe not even useful, just clear. Just be conscious in your anger. Yeah, yeah. I think that is just being conscious in in everything and. And I, I know that the question was a little bit more about like struggling with accepting what is versus taking action. And I don't know if this is the best answer for this or if this is even a answer for it, but I think it's one of those things where it's not dual. Like it's like things aren't black and white. It's not you do one or the other. There's actually like a very, um, there is a space where both are held, where Mm. you are accepting and surrendering to what is happening and kind of inexplicably from that place, you are taking loving action. That's right. Um, And clear action. Clear action, yeah. So action, being loving reality Mm -hmm. doesn't mean opting out of it. Yeah. 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 Um, So the quote I wanted was um, this is actually a repost from Ethan Nickturn who's Nikki's son Um, it says neutrality is not a Buddhist teaching so Jack Kornfield reposted that and then he I love this caption he said there is no neutral the basis of the path is acknowledging that I have a position that's what mindfulness is I have a location I have karma I have biases I am part of an interdependent system. I am making choices both consciously and unconsciously. Without acknowledging our relative position, the path can't even start. Feigning neutrality is an obstacle. Neutrality is a confused view of reality. Equanimity is not neutrality. Compassion is not neutrality. Emptiness is not neutrality. The middle path is not neutrality. Those of us with privilege might do well to question why we ever thought neutrality was the goal. Mm. Um, so I just, I, I, 
I feel like there's uh, one other thing I wanted to add to that, which is, you know, specifically, I, I mean, Ram Dass was like into social justice, right? Of course. Yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, so he kind of got the tension of that, the two. And then with Katie, I think that she would say, like, start with your own instead of just like trying to get someone else to change their prejudices especially through aggression it's like start with your own looking at your own prejudices which is you know it's you don't want to stop there but you want to start with well that's a jesus thing cleaning up yourself before you clean up others is always going to be good the urgency this is why these topics are so complicated there's an urgency. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if the move right now is waiting for things to be perfect, and I understand that. And there are spiritual teachings that say, like, let's look at our own racism, let's look at our own oh, hate. Yeah. Instead of me looking at whatever group and being like, mm-hmm. these are racist, like, how can I look inside? That's where I have the most agency and the most effectiveness. And when I do that, then, in, then compassion increases, and then my effectiveness increases. Mm-hmm. Instead of just really getting lost in the illusion of my role and their role and then I'm just it's like Facebook then I'm just a a, a blue tile yelling at a red tile yeah. as opposed to something deeper and more substantial right right and nobody ever changed their mind because somebody who didn't look at their own uh, uh, biases enough to have compassion aggressively told them to change their mind yeah so it's really it That's takes right. it takes like a level of starting from looking at yourself so that you can then compassionately have a discourse with someone where you can see where they're coming from and you know that you have some cleaning up to do so you're not judging them and then like love is a very powerful it's a very powerful tool mm-hmm. um, okay so then the second part I hope we did I mean you know that's that question is so I'm not I'm not in a place to answer that question. Me personally, mentally, mm-hmm. I'll say that I've read a lot of Katie's books where she can over an hour guide me to a place where I can begin to understand that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not especially right now, I do not feel capable of paraphrasing that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> That's, when you started reading it, I was like not today. <laughs> I was Aww. like, I can't today. I was lighting up when we were talking about creativity and stuff. It's it's great. I'm glad for this important conversation. But I was like, I can't. I can't. I mean, when I'm in the morning and I'm reading the Tao and I, and my mind can, you know, quiet down. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's five fifteen on a Thursday. It's sure. a long week, and we've all been, as we all are, berated by all these news stories and all this devastation and I, it just feels like it's piling up for me and I can't just be like just relax I, I, I don't have it yeah yeah I mean sure I, I think that this is an important part of it is that it's not a clean answer and maybe there isn't an answer and it's just like living in the tension or holding space for the fact that that both things are true that you can work on surrendering and allowing and there's a lot of stuff that is happening that is unjust that we can take action towards mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save the second part of the question then for you I see your tired eyes <laughs> oh man my eyes got so tired I know I'm sorry that's okay 
when you said that question, I was just like, I, I, I have a lot of things in here, but like the deep stuff isn't feeling it today. And I, you know, what's interesting is when we were started doing this every week, mm-hmm. I was like, people are going to see that I can't always just be like, don't you see it's all perfect? Don't you see it's all one, mm-hmm. which might be valuable to people. I think that is. So valuable. today I hear your question. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And that's heavy. And it makes me sad. That's part of what you're seeing in my eyes too, is I'm like, I really, I know that you can merge with the divine when we're quiet and when we drop concepts and when we, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I know you can be more present with your loved ones. And I know what it feels like to hold naked Leela and laugh with her and absolutely vanish. And the concept of past and future disappear. Mm-hmm. And that is so valuable and it's added such richness to my life. Mm-hmm. And when you bring in all of this pain and suffering that we're we're facing mm-hmm. today, my answer is I don't know. And it's it's it's. I mean, we're watching a lot of Frozen. It's do the next right thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so that's, that's right. what I feel when I'm, I'm like. I think that's perfect. Sad like this. I'm just like, yeah, we'll just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I didn't mean to bail on you by getting tired. No, it's okay. I knew I knew that would happen. People might not know that I'll record in bursts, mm. you know. But I can do like three podcasts in a week, and maybe that's a really up week. And then we'll have the feeling of I'm always able to get into that PD place, especially in the late afternoon. I don't know why it, it's just uh, it's a different mode today. That's all right. You're safe to feel what you feel. Yeah. Do you want to hear my reading, and then we'll get out of here? I do. You do that reading, and then I have a poem, too. Okay. Poem. Thank you, by the way. Thank you, Shannon, for that question. It's so great. And maybe I would say this is the type of question that will be a continual conversation. It's not something that can just be, like, answered. Uh, Like I said, it's something that we're all sitting with and wrestling with. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, thanks. Um, Sorry, I was looking for the page, too. Um, A Daylight... Reality check. Everything supports me. So this is from Katie's book, I Need Your Love, Is That True? Uh, Which I'm really enjoying. And it sort of is countering the 3 a.m. thought that nothing supports me. And then this is called Daylight Reality Check. Everything supports me. Do you know what supports your existence right now? Just to scratch the surface of this, suppose you've eaten your breakfast, sat down in your favorite chair, and picked up this book. Your neck and shoulders support your head. The bones and muscles of your chest support your breathing. Your chair supports your body. The floor supports your chair. The earth supports the building you live in. Various stars and planets hold the earth in its orbit. Outside your window, a man walks down the street with his dog. Can you be sure he isn't playing a part in your support? He may work every day in a cubicle, filing papers for the power company that makes your lights come on. Mm. Among the people you see on the street... And the countless heads, I'm sorry, countless hands and eyes working behind the scenes. Can you be sure that there is anyone who isn't supporting your existence? The same question applies to the generations of ancestors who preceded you and to the various plants and animals that had something to do with your breakfast. Mm. How many unlikely coincidences allow you to be here? To explore this for a while, look around and see if there is anything you can say for sure doesn't play some role in supporting you Mm. now look again at the 3 a.m. thought nothing supports me without my efforts in this moment wouldn't it be more true to say 
everything supports me without my efforts. Mm. The proof is that you are here, sitting in your chair, doing nothing, being fully supported. Everything supports you whether or not you even notice it, whether or not you think about it or understand it, whether you love it or hate it, whether you're happy or sad, asleep or awake, motivated or unmotivated. That's like her question. Mm -hmm. It just supports you without asking for anything in return. Right now, sitting in your chair as you breathe, notice that you're not doing the breathing. You're being breathed. You don't even have to be aware of it. You don't even have to remember to breathe because that is supported too. Complicated and intricate as your requirements for existence might be, they are all being met. At this moment, there's nothing you need, nothing you need to do. Notice how it feels to take in that thought. Mm. And then the next part, I won't read it, but I'll summarize it. It's called the thought that kicks you out of heaven. And the thought that kicks you out of heaven is, I'd be more comfortable if I had a pillow. And that's just been changing my life. And that's sort of going to what we're talking about is you can be listening to just this podcast and you can really dial in. Mm. And And that's a great exercise to realize that your body and the chair and the floor and the planet and the galaxy and the air from the trees and all that and the food Mm -hmm. is supporting you without you thinking about it or even caring about it. Mm -hmm. And then you can merge into that place we can call heaven. Mm. And then you go, I could use some coffee. And that took you out of heaven. Isn't that wild? That's so wild. I think that's so perfect. And I can't believe the serendipity of that because Last week, when I was really kind of in a dark place, um, I was looking around the room because my mantra was, I am supported. And I was looking around the room being like, everything I see is love. Like, the table is holding my books for me. Mm-hmm. This couch is, is making my body comfortable. The tree is giving me oxygen. That's right. And shade. I was like, and I did it with while looking at like everything that I could see and finding a way that it was love and supporting. That's right. And that's, and that's, that's, that is, that's so what crazy. Katie's, I love that. I'm, I'm hearing that. Yeah. That's what her breakthrough was. Like, that's why she was, she wanted to eat rocks because she was like, look at this yeah. thing that's, like that's making poem. up the ground. Yeah, it is like your poem. Like, yeah. dirt is so noble to lay itself down. Obviously not consciously for us to walk on it, but there it is. Yeah. And this is sort of what she means when she's encouraging us to get in touch with the idea that it's a kind universe, meaning you're being supported whether or not you... like. It's like roses smell good whether or not you smell them. Mm. You are being supported whether or not you stop and think about it. But I've been a little depressed the past couple of days, spiked with incredible mania <laughs> and productivity. So it, it wasn't just depression. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even circumstantial. I, I couldn't exact, exactly tell you what it was. Mm. And when I read those two pages that I just read, I was like, it, it just did what it did. That's why I was like that question. I was like, I know there's a, a chapter I could read of a book <laughs> that would drop me in. But uh, but in the Q and A format, I couldn't. But this this really helped me get into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so perfect. And thank you for sharing that. Is this a val- again? It's called "I Need Your Love." Is that true? The first book of Katie's I recommend is "Loving What Is," but this is a great one as well. Um. So okay, this poem. No, this is not mine. Uh, uh, I think you were going to ask. It's a original. Mm-hmm. 
somebody sent this to me and I'm so sorry that I can't give you credit for sending it because I searched deep in, in my inbox and I couldn't find it, but, um, but I knew the keywords, so I looked it up. So this is an anonymous person and you can write to me and let me know that it was you, but thank you so much for sending this. And it was such a serendipity because I had never heard this poem, but the last words of this poem are on a plate that is like a decorative plate that is sitting in our kitchen on the kitchen window and I never knew it was from a larger poem Hafiz? yeah Hafiz we always read and we go Hafiz (laughs) Hafiz so he's a poet I haven't done any research on him I think he's Persian I could be wrong I think he is like an old Persian poet like Ruin an old old wooden ship um this poem this is called Your Mother and My Mother I think that's what this poem is Great title. Okay. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you living in better conditions. For your mother and my mother were friends. I know the innkeeper. In this part of the universe. Get some rest tonight. Come to my verse again tomorrow. We'll go speak to the friend together. I should not make any promises right now. But I know if you pray somewhere in this world, something good will happen. God wants us to see more love and playfulness in your eyes, for that is your greatest witness to him. Your soul and my soul once sat together in the beloved's womb playing footsie. Your heart and my heart are very, very old friends. It's the greatest poem I've ever read other than yours. That's the best poem. That's the best poem. It's Isn't the best poem. so beautiful. And it kind of, I didn't even realize this until I was reading it. I was like, it kind of is, addresses the... What we're talking about. Yeah. That's why it was like, get some rest and we'll go talk to him tomorrow. That's how I feel today. Yes. But that feeling of like, someone just loving you and being like, my mom was friends with your mom. Yes. And I know you're tired, but... I'll get you up tomorrow and we'll move you out of the fear room. Yes. Get out of here. And just like, uh, like God wants us, God wants us to see more love and playfulness in your eyes mm. for that is your greatest witness. And to playing him. footsie in his womb was like yeah. when we were playful and free. Yes. Oh my mm. gosh. It kind of ties in like almost all the little parts of this. Coffees. Mm. Coffees. Wow, so thank you so much. Because you're so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the, the ocean, ocean under the, the moon. It's the same as the ocean, ocean that I come through. You got the kind of love that can be so, so smooth. So give me your heart, make it real. <laughs> <laughs> Think twice reference. Um, um, let's see if we can do Cuba Crispy too soon. And it's a hot one. Keep it crispy in the midday sun. Keep it 
Keep it crispy. Burp, 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 burp. Keep it keep it crispy.